the actual dudes. I think he was. Oh yeah, he was. He was on the grave digger truck. It's pretty cool. Guy still looks good. I mean, I mean, it's he doesn't have near the age on him that Hogan has. I'm sure they're a difference in age too, but Man. Hogan walking around with a cane after his I know. back surgery. Had to go with that leg drop. I remember him saying that somewhere, right? Yeah. He's like, if I had to do something different, I, the leg drop wouldn't have been my finish move. <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. Too hard on the body. Yeah. <clears throat> sure it is, too. Hmm. Landing on your tailbone all the time. Stone Cold did that, too, with the uh, stunner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Landing on the tailbone. Mm. I'm not... It's just like, what else... You know, the way he pulled off that move was always really kind of cool. You know, you do that kick and then turn around and... Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's like, would something else have just as much, you know, punch to it? Stone Cold Stunner was was awesome, but if the person on the receiving end didn't sell it well, it didn't look mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah, they had to sell it, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Scott Hall, he took a stunner and he just flew in the air backwards. It was awesome. <laughs> Shane McMahon did. Uh, he took he took the stunner well too. <clears throat> Vince not so much. He'd get stunned and just drop like a dead fish. <laughs> He's like, "That's as far as I'm going." Yeah. I own the company. <clears throat> um, you know who else did not take the uh, stunner very well? The Rock. Our president, Donald Trump. Oh. It was awesome he agreed to do that, though. Could you imagine if he agreed to do it and he was president? <laughs> That'd be awesome. And he's, you know, I'm sure the whole time he's just like, are you sure? <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell it. <laughs> Trump, I'm watching it now. Trump gets stunned and he stor- sort of like stands there and just falls over then after he gets stunned. Pretty cool, though, that he agreed to do that. Yeah. Did you ever watch that WrestleMania, that match? The They called it the Battle of the Hair. It was um, the Battle of the Billionaires, <laughs> Donald Trump and uh, Vince, and whoever lost, they had to shave their head. So, oh, wow. So Vince, it- Vince chose the wrestler, you know, to represent him, and Trump did. And if their wrestler lost, then they had to get their hair shaved. So the wrestler got their hair shaved? No, no, no. Trump or Vince did. Okay, so Trump didn't lose, obviously, right? Right. That was WrestleMania 23. Hmm. So you can go back. You have the network. You can go back and watch WrestleMania 23. I think I canceled the network again. What? Yeah. I always get it during WrestleMania, and then I cancel it. I don't even know if that makes any sense monetarily, but that's what I do. Oh, well. 
uh, I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, like halfway through, I'm just like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. Yeah, because during WrestleMania, you're up, you're watching it with us. Yeah, I'm always like, you're in the chat, you're like, Ooh. telling you some play by plays. <laughs> you're just like, you don't have this. Seriously, I do. Then I'm like, oh my god, he does. He knows what's going on. There was there, there was a uh, a lot of good um there was a lot of good lead up to that WrestleMania on uh, Monday Night Raw with Trump mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's pretty good so it's cool that Trump agreed to do all that and even take some hits mm-hmm. Trump uh, clotheslined Vince McMahon at one point that was cool <laughs> so taking bumps yeah taking bumps you, you figured. Ah, this, you know, I didn't think Trump would at the time. I'm like, oh, he's, you know, billionaire. He's he's not going to do any of that. And he's not trained in wrestling or anything. So it's like, he's not going to do anything. And sure enough, he he was pretty good. So I give him credit on that. That's why I like seems, him. <laughs> seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I would get I into mean, it. I mean, obviously, it's something you would, you know, when you're doing it for the amount of time Hogan was doing it, you know, you're, you're hurting. But yeah. If it was something you could dabble in, it would be pretty. Obviously, you have to be good at it, but just to even pretend to to do some of it, I'm sure it would be cool. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, so I always found that pretty cool that he did that, and I don't follow politics at all. So, but when Trump was running, I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." But um, I guess I guess a lot of people don't think that's awesome. But oh well. Anyway. So RC man, last time we talked, you were uh, going out to your uh, INS ten. Mm-hmm. And then after that, was, you went. Was to, that the was that the last episode? Was uh, our first indoor national race? Huh? Yeah, it was coming up. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so we got through that event. Uh, we got uh, Dakota. Dakota Fenn was kind of our headliner driver there, <clears throat> and um, he ended up. TQing and winning both classes, which wasn't easy. Um, that is always a really difficult track there at uh, Smack Track or Team Velocity RC, whatever they're calling it now. But you know, it's always a good race there. Uh, it's uh, you know we've had everybody come. Uh, we'll see. Well, Testman's never been there, and Cavalieri's has never been there. But you know, of course, we had Mayfield and Tebow's been there, and uh, now Dakota Spencer. Uh, one time or another, they've all a lot of the guys have been, and <clears throat> it, it's definitely not easy. Yeah, small track, guys are fast. That you don't, uh, you have to track uh, other guys are faster that aren't normally quite as fast as as, uh, as they are there so big race big big uh big moment for the driver to try to come in there and and you know get the job done and so yeah so that was kind of dakota's turn to try to turn it on and, and have a good event and and he did um track was in pretty good shape I raced um, 40 plus and and two wheel mod, so I ran my I ran my car. 
Oh, wow. We had a and we had a good overall uh, team team performance too. I mean, <clears throat> guys from top to bottom were doing so well there. And the other thing that was uh, kind of big news during that race was uh, AJ Marasco came from Florida here and he won the the seventeen five buggy and mm-hmm. the thirteen five four wheel. Oh wow! So he's been on. A, a good role, good role of uh, winning races in in those classes, and in this race, he had some really top shelf competition too in in seventeen five. So <clears throat> uh, then we got Mason Fuller won the 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 truck stadium truck class, and uh, we had uh, Kyle Gannon won the forty plus two wheel, then. Colton Kiefer than me, and Al Horn got fourth, so that went pretty well. Jonathan Burkhalter won the the open class. We experimented with an open an open two wheel drive class, which is essentially oh. guys that that aren't one hundred percent sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you could be ninety five percent sponsored. Well. Uh, it, yeah, there's some restrictions on so, it. So there's guys out there that are that are not 100. percent Wow, crazy. <laughs> well, I would say the majority of of the racers that are sponsored are not 100. percent Oh, okay. Right. If you say so. Yeah, you can't uh, you know have that many 100 percent drivers for sure. <laughs> Well, you can make them 100%, but just not, they can't travel. You don't pay for traveling. Yeah, there's a, even a smaller group Yeah, I would has, has, has travel. Yeah, it's probably like just maybe five. Well, there's probably more than that, but really? yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Back in the day, it was a really small number, but people thought it was a big number. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the amount of drivers out there that are 100% and their travel is paid for is pretty small. But I mean, you got to think that there's a larger, there's more manufacturers now, so you got that to consider. Isn't that funny? There's more manufacturers now than there was back when it was like really blown up. Yeah, um, and and I think a lot of it is is knowledge and cost. Um, you know, back then. Uh, you know, the Associates were in it. They got in it early. Uh, Team Losi got in it pretty early with uh, Pops, and those guys had those guys had some money already. You know, mm-hmm. so um, you know, like uh, Associated, they had a partnership there with uh, Gene and Roger, and you know, those guys obviously had some money, uh, and they you know worked worked. Um, uh, intelligently with what they had, uh, money wise, and and um, and I'm sure that's what the Losis did, and um, and then there of course there was Tamiya and Kyosho, and uh, those are Japanese companies, but they had been a- around longer than anybody, um, <clears throat> but didn't quite have the, in my opinion, uh, as much 
tunnel vision focus on the racing as these other two guys or other two companies did. Um, and then you got into, uh, you know, that kind of was the 80s and in the 90s. And right at the tail end of the 90s is when um, Chinese manufacturing became so big in everything, but RC also. And, and, uh, and then you had companies that got in kind of on the ground level of making RC products for other companies. And then they kind of learned for themselves how to build um, cars and parts and molded items to a high uh, degree of technicality, I guess you could say. You know, how parts had needed to fit together, what materials you needed to use, all the stuff that the race companies were really good at or specific about. Um, a lot of the Chinese manufacturers learned that. And um, now there's a lot more competitors in the game because of all that. Hmm. Okay. So, um, you know, some of the competitors that are in the business now, you know, used to make products for some of the other manufacturers and that's how they learned how to do it. So, um, and, and, you know, that's, that's why there's so many, you know, these days. And, um, I mean, eight scale probably has the most amount in racing of any company out there. Not that they all are profitable or they're all in good shape monetarily, but because of it, but, doesn't mean they're not in the trying, mm-hmm. which kind of is kind of really kind of rolls us into nitro challenge in a way. You know, you, we're out there and you look at how many tents there were out there of different cars and manufacturers. And um, if you just uh, I'm just kind of visualizing the pit area. But, you know, we had Mugen is where I was near. Our, our container was near. So Mugen. Then we had Kyosho. Then we had a Gamma TLR. Wow. Then we had X-Ray. Then there was HB Racing. Then Associated. Then Techno. So right there, that's eight. That's eight car manufacturers uh, with tents set up with teams at that race. And I can't remember if I'm forgetting any. Uh, I believe that was it, though. Oh, no, JQ. Sorry, so nine. Making my way all the way around the circle of the pits there. Yeah, so JQ, that's nine. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any others. I mean, there was probably a couple that weren't. Or did I say S-Works? No. I don't think so. No. That's ten. That's ten. Wow. <clears throat> so there was ten, ten car manufacturers out there all trying to fight for customers and um, team drive and team drivers. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So you want you so you wonder why it's easier to get sponsored and and um, sometimes not deserving because there's 10, 10 manufacturers right there all trying to do the same thing. So um, yeah, it makes it really tough. So you think you know. If there's a thousand, I mean, just say for number's sake, there's a you can sell a thousand cars. Um, 
right there, divided by 10, right? I'm not good at math. Yeah, so you, you divide them up. That's a um, it's a hundred hundred. Uh, if you divide it all equally, it's a hundred hundred cars per manufacturer, <clears throat> and it's not equal, which is you know what everybody's fighting for. But so you know, say for argument's sake that the Mugen is the most popular. You know, say they sell five hundred, and everyone else is. Now there's only 500 to go around for everybody oh, else, man. right? Yeah. You know, so now you got 20 for this guy, 30 for that guy. This guy gets 200, you know. And um, so that's what's going on out there. That's interesting. And, um, you know, back in the day, we'd go to a, a big race like that. I mean, it's just say, for instance, the winter champs, which is kind of coincidentally – Essentially, the Dirt Nitro Challenge stole the date of the Winter Champs. That was the same date as the Winter Champs used to be. Oh, okay. Was was end of end of February. Um, I can't remember if if uh, Winter Champs was the exact same weekend or the weekend after, but right around there. Uh, so, but the Winter Champs was the closest thing there probably was to the Dirt Nitro Challenge, but for tenth scale. And at that time, uh, you know, so it was associated Losi. Were the main two, then Schumacher would come over, and uh, for a brief period there was Traxxas. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so that was four, and then uh, who's Keen the other? One? I guess I guess Ke- I guess Kyosho, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just call it at the prime of that. There's probably five, so half as many. Uh, you know, half as many uh, manufacturers at a very similar type of event. So, yeah, that was a kind of a big thing. So then, you you know, you kind of, and each year I kind of do this, I kind of look around and kind of analyze, because I, I think there's the, the racer mentality and the, the mentality of uh, the manufacturers coming in is they feel like, they got to set up these their tents and their pit area and kind of stake their claim of, you know, all right, this is us. And, you know, we got our team drivers underneath the tent. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of to me, I always kind of like look at all that stuff and just try to analyze where where the business is sitting and and at that event. And, you know, what does the health look like? And um you know what are people's what what's the excitement level and what's the what are people's expectations and <clears throat> and how is that changing year to year you know i think you know what i'm seeing on some of these facebook posts from people is they're they're also um some people are measuring their their success out there based off of how many team drivers they got under their tent you know i saw one of the guys from S works. They're like, well, it was just Cavalry last year, the year before, and now this year we had a whole, you know, we had a team of guys. It's like, all right, well, I don't really see that as a, you know, okay, sure, you might have, you know, six guys under the tent, and it was Cavalry and somebody else the year before, but 
you know, these are all guys that, like we talked about earlier, you're paying for all their product and your ship sending them to the race. Right. So it doesn't really measure. It's not really 100% measuring your success. All it's measuring is, is that you put up a tent and you had people to put underneath there, which maybe that's, maybe that's what they consider success. But, but yeah, that's what we saw out there. So kind of looking around and, you know, the, these, these things kind of, these things kind of come and go, you know, it seems like uh, one year, one team looks like they, you know, they're concentrating a little bit harder and trying to make a little bit of a different presence. And then, you know, the next year it kind of rotates to another different team and who's just kind of complacent with what they have and who looks a little more hungry, which I think is, that's the kind of stuff that I was kind of trying to measure is, you know, who looks like they're just kind of treading water, who looks like they're, um, you know, up and coming and yeah. uh, are excited. And that's what, that's what I'm kind of looking at. Sitting there with your binoculars. Yeah. Taking dirt samples. Like Belichick. <laughs> you know, it was raining. There was one time we're out there in the rain, so that was a little like Belichick. That's right. So, you know. Ah, you did see my post. I saw it. Hmm. I think I forgot to like that one. Yeah, but I think you did. Yeah, nobody, li- nobody I, likes you it. Know, you know, I, um, <laughs> I, I normally will like a couple of your and Kirby's sports posts. Just show you that I'm there. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, no problem. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you kind of look around the pits, and uh, one thing that I noticed this year uh, specifically is a lot of older guys at this race. Well, we are getting older. I know. But everybody at this race <laughs> was getting old. <laughs> God damn, we're in our 40s now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I want to say, I don't know this for a fact, but I have to look it up. I want to say that the 40-plus class was the biggest class at the race. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, like I said, we're all turning in our 40s <laughs> we're all turning now. 40. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that, that goes back to this kind of racing where these cars are very expensive. So you either have, you know, the whole program is really expensive. So you either have to be an older person that can afford it or you have to be a parent supplying it to somebody young, right? Because if you're, you know, you, you, uh, somebody that's 15 years old can't buy one of these eight-scale cars unless, you know, they're rich or whatever. Um, so you have to either be an older person that can afford to pay for it or you're buying it for somebody. Um, so I guess that kind of shows, you know, the age out there. So I, that was a little disappointing to look at, I guess. I mean, I'd walk into some of these pits and I was like, the whole pit area is over 40 guys. <laughs> you know, and it's like everybody here is old. You know, we were just at our, uh, you know, going back to our INS race. You know, we were just there a couple of weeks before. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I felt like there was a, uh, a pretty good mix there of younger and older Uh, people you know like there was uh, sort of a uh, really young uh, contingent of racers you know Mm -hmm. 
kind of the beginner level or, you know, their parents yeah. got them into something less expensive. And then, <clears throat> and then there was a, uh, that general generation that are coming on in their skills that are, you know, in that 14 to 16 range. And then there's kind of that next group that are in their early twenties. Um, and it seemed like there was a little bit more of a variety of age groups there. Mm-hmm. And then I go to Nitro Challenge, and I'm like looking around, and I'm like, everybody here's old. <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, that's a. I know, I know when I was um, a kid and getting into mm-hmm. RC cars, I saw eight scale cars, but there was no way my parents were going to buy that for me. Mm-hmm. And it really, to be honest with you, I just. 10 scale appealed to me more anyway. I just enjoyed it and more people in my area were into it. So, mm-hmm. you know, but, but now I love eight scale and I'm 46. I mean, see? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> I know a guy, Frosty St. Clair used to say, the older you get, the bigger the car you want to race. <laughs> you can see it going around the track. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can see a 10 scale going around these tracks anymore. He's, he would be like, <laughs> He's like, he's like, that's how you can explain a fifth, fifth scale. Yeah. I guess when you get in your 50s, fifth scale might be the thing I'd like. No, I don't You're know. just like, man, I can I see gotta that. Get, gotta get a fifth scale. I can't see this damn eight scale anymore. You're like, not, e- you're like, not to mention a 10 scale. <laughs> Tiny little things. Yeah. I do like eight scale. I love watching eight scale. Oh, the racing was awesome to yeah. watch. It's, it's, I mean, great and then i love strategy the pit stops and stuff mm-hmm. yeah we had a great um series of main events at this race you know one of the better ones in a while both uh eight scale buggy and truggy were you know, very competitive uh really cool to watch uh, just uh, just good mains all all the way around uh, you know we had to suffer one one day we had some weather where it rained most of the day and that kind of set us back where the the Truggy main ended up being at like, you know, one in the morning. Oof. That's right. I, I was like, I woke up in the morning and it was like Mayfield already won. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I text you right away. I'm like, what the hell time did you guys race? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, it stopped raining, right? Yep. And then uh, they wanted to run. <clears throat> yeah. And, Get the main and, in, uh, I guess. Well, they ran everything. They ran all the races. Overnight. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, that was the last race of the day. See you, Fred. That was the last race of the of, of that program was the Truggy Main. So all the other ones happened before that, um, of that day. So they got the whole thing in. You know, it wasn't they didn't skip any mains. Wow. So it was cool. Uh, the fact that they did that and um, that was uh, yeah so we the way the nitro challenge works is so that wasn't uh, very um, for us viewers on the YouTube it wasn't uh, very uh, friendly no it doesn't help because <laughs> um, yeah you get your viewership going you know it's prime time and it isn't exactly one thirty in the morning right yeah. so 
but that's that's what they had to to, to work with, and you know that's what we went with. Yeah. So, okay. So that one that day we ran e buggy, which is a single ten minute main, which is kind of like it either kind of goes your way or it just man it just could go bad, <laughs> and because you haven't been on the track forever. The race is only 10 minutes, and guys really go for it in e-buggy because they feel like, hey, there's nothing to lose. Mm. Um, I mean, if they're not TQ anyway. So that one didn't really go our way because Dakota was TQ, and um, he he took off in the main, and uh, Runafolk passed him, which was a, it was a nice pass. But then in the very next turn, basically Ungaro just T-boned Dakota off the track. Um, and that gave Runafolk a pretty nice lead. And for all intents and purposes, it, as long as he didn't make a mistake, it was over in the first couple turns. So then Mayfield got into second. And for a little while, he was like, I think he was trying to catch David. But then he was like, well, the track was so bumpy and so wet that it was like, well, you know, he could either give up second and just drop back in the pack trying to go for it or just say, well, you know, if David gives it away, I can I can I can get it. But but he didn't ran a nice main Mayfield got second, which, you know, he was a little he was somewhat pleased with. He hadn't been running that great in e-buggy and qualifying. So in the main, he ran a good main and he was satisfied, I guess, with a second at least just. In the ten minute main, we got to the Truggy main, forty five minutes, and uh, that was a killer race. We just put that one on YouTube. Thomas recorded the whole video or the whole main and came out pretty well. And um, there are a lot of people saying that was one of the best races they'd ever seen between Mayfield and Dakota. That's what so, I heard. Yeah, people were pretty excited about about how it went and you know me watching you know both guys are racing for us is you know i um uh, i kind of yeah it's hard to pick pick a guy you're hoping that'll win but you just kind of hope that they both don't take each other out (laughs) yeah somewhat clean and that they you know didn't take each other out and and uh uh, Mayfield was really strong in the main at Truggy, and uh, he probably was a little quicker individual laps. But Dakota had a little more consistency. Mm. So it's like Mayfield would catch up to him, make a little bobble, something would happen. Dakota would have a nice little lead. Ryan would cut back into it. And then pretty soon about well, maybe about 10 minutes to go, it really heated up where Mayfield wasn't making the bobbles anymore, and then him and Dakota were just kind of going at it. And third was still a ways back, so they were, you know, they they were racing hard. Nice little aggressive inside moves and rubbing tires and uh, passes where you're like, whoa, there goes a nice one, and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody would come right back with another pass, and uh, so it was good to see. Good to see the them doing, you know, being able to do that uh, at that level. So, 
but they they did a amazing job. You know, I kind of there there was part of me. You know, everyone. Uh, I think they would. You know, figure that. Uh, you know, my favorite in that race was was uh, people would say it would be Mayfield, but I, I really kind of thought for a while that Dakota was making a statement like that was going to be like he was going to win that race and with his consistency you know he had some great focus um but i think i think what happened is is ryan's speed just eventually kind of wore him down a little bit he was able to keep that pressure on and he had great pit stops um, usually what happens is if Adam Drake doesn't make the main, he ends up pitting for Mayfield and, uh, Adam didn't make the truck main and he was amazing in the pits for Ryan. Uh, probably the best pits I'd ever seen Ryan have just speed, you know, consistency. Uh, he was making up uh, at least one second per stop. Wow. I'd say just in the pits he was making up and and when they're racing that close that was a lot you know that meant a lot so <clears throat> I'd say the uh, yeah I mean it was uh, I wouldn't say it was a picture perfect race for Ryan because he made some mistakes I mean there's others he hasn't made any mistakes uh, I mean uh, the Nationals last year in Thornhill he didn't crash one time in 45 minutes and had pretty good pit stops there, but this race, I'd say like he made a few mistakes, especially being truggy. Had a couple where he got up on the pipe and kind of rail slid. And I think maybe one legit crash or two, but his pits being so good and his speed being there, I think that's what kind of wore down and uh, kind of allowed him to get that win. Yeah. And he was happy because he was telling me like, I can't remember if this was during the, the main day or the last round of qualifying. He's like blowing his car off and I'm talking to him and he's like, I'm not really feeling this track. He's like, I don't, he's like, I, I don't really feel like I have good, good connection with it. He's like, I'm just, he goes, I feel like I'm just out there, but I, I'm not really that in, I don't feel that connected to the track. He's like, I, he's like, I don't know. He's like, it's not feeling like it's going very good. And then uh, starts the mains. He gets second in e-buggy. Then he wins truggy. And I'm like, it's like, hey, <laughs> it looks like you're connecting a little better with the track now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, kind of like how he responds. He's just kind of like, yeah, I thought I was really sucking, but today it's going pretty good. <laughs> And then I, and then we got to the next day for the bug, the nitro buggy mains, and he got in the lead again. And I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, "Is he going to win both classes?" And but the buggy wasn't quite as easy for him as the truggy. I think the he made a couple bobbles in truggy, but. In buggy, he was making a few more mistakes. I mean, the track was really bumpy. I mean, it was everybody had their fair share of mistakes. Um, I'd say David probably David ended up winning. He had the least amount. Uh, 
but second through sixth, they were crashing. And below sixth, whew. Um, chaos. I don't know. Oh, it was chaos. It was <laughs> chaos. Like, I mean, these guys are great, great drivers. And mm-hmm. um, I heard Cavallari telling somebody that he's just like, man, I don't think I've ever driven so bad in a race. And he's wow. like, and and he's like, I, he's like, I felt like my stuff was good. He said, I felt like my cars were good. He's like, I just, the track was so bumpy and wet. And he's like, I felt like one lap I'd go through a certain section. I felt great. And then the next lap I'd go right through the same section and be upside down. And, and, and I mean, and it wasn't just him. It was pretty much from sixth place down. Those guys were all over the place and it wasn't, you know, and they're awesome drivers. Some of the best. Or the best. I think there's only two guys missing at the race that I would consider, you know, world level uh, capability. And I mean, the race is just stacked um, with competition. But, but it was tough. It was brutal for people uh, running that main. Um, I remember Jimmy Babcock yelling at Spencer once during the race because. You know, Jimmy was running the race and Spencer had crashed into the wrong part of the track and Spencer's like trying to get back on the right side of the track and like trying to get his lap. And it was just a mess. Like, you know, cause the way he crashed, I think he missed, he was like going to miss his lap. So he still needed to try to get his lap. Otherwise the computer, you know, wouldn't have counted him and he would have been missing. So he was trying to get that. And, and trying to get back on the proper side of the track at the same time. And he's just all over the place. Hmm. And, you know, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's kind of like not yelling at him, but kind of yelling at him. Like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> and, um, and he's, you know, I'm sure he's just like, man, I'm just trying to get on the right side of the track and make sure I have my <laughs> the right laps that I need. But but everybody from sixth place down was like that. It was brutal. Guys coming out of the pits. I mean, I there were some guys coming out of the pits so fast. The way they had the pit lane set up is if you pitted like if you were like one of the first positions in pit lane, which if you're standing on the driver's hand all the way to the right, the guy would set your car down. You had the whole entire pit lane to get up like your cars up to speed and then you can jump off the end of pit lane into the exit. There was guys coming down that thing so fast and I was, that's kind of where I was standing and it's like all of a sudden you'd hear this car and you're not exactly sure where it's coming from and it just jumps right in front of you into the, you know, the exit and you're just like, holy cow. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Yeah, it was a good main. David ended up kind of winning by a good margin. Uh, Mayfield kind of faded towards the end. And really, he was in second pretty comfortably. And then he said that he got tied up coming into the pits a couple times, which it didn't. he didn't give up second on that. He had a big gap. But then, uh, but everybody was getting closer. And then, like, with like maybe seven minutes to go or less, it was like a cluster of cars together. It was like Ryan, 
uh, Tebow, Dakota, Ongaro, and uh, I can't remember if there was one other car, but it was at least those guys. Just, I mean, they were within, they were all in the same part of the track. So they were battling hard. Mayfield ended up getting back in the second, and then just, it looked like, all right, he's going to get second. He's like entering, I don't know, I think it was like the second to last lap or so. He just kind of rolled in a kind of a flat section, and the turn marshals didn't see him. And he sat there for quite a while. Then Tebow got by. So Tebow got by him, and then so Tebow got second, Ryan got third, and Dakota got fourth. Looking at the lap times, though, uh, Dakota had blazing laps. Like, you know, the fastest guys were going was like, uh, let me think about this. I want to say 39-second laps were really good. Was it 39s? Yeah, I think it was 39s. And Dakota had like, f- like five or more laps that were in the 38s. And I don't think anybody else had a 38-second lap, and he had like five of them. So he was cooking, but he was definitely making some mistakes. But like I said, everybody was crashing just the way the track was. It was <clears throat> beyond tough. So those guys battled it out, um, did the awards at the end. So, you know, I, I where I was standing, <clears throat> I walked towards the ramp to, you know, say – He'll give the guys a high five or whatever after high five race. High five. Give him a whatever after the race. And Mayfield's walking down. I'm trying to like give him a high five. He's just like, he's like, you got to come see where I was standing on the driver's stand. I'm like, okay. He's like, just come up here and look. All right. So I follow him up the driver's stand ramp. He goes, okay, stand right here. This is where I was standing. Now try to come into pit lane. And I look and it's, where they built the, uh, like the handicap or the disabled portion for the driver's stand, it overhangs. Oh. And right where Ryan was standing, you actually couldn't see coming into the pits. And it was kind of blind. It was like a blind, like he had to kind of turn in. <clears throat> like, I think he could make the turn in. Like, that wasn't blind. But, like, the next section of where your car had to be, was blind. So what's typical, what happens is in pit in these pit lanes is they're so pretty narrow that if you hit like a one side of the car against the pipe, you kind of turn into the pipe, you know, like the Austin powers thing. Yeah. We got the golf cart between the two walls. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of what happens in pit lane because it's kind of narrow and you can't back up. Right. So, like, if you hit one side or another, the car will turn into that side, and then you kind of get pinned there, and you either have to, like, jump the pipe, turn around, try to get back in pit lane, or you have to wait for a turn marshal to put you, you know, kind of where you need to be. Mm -hmm. And so he, that's what he said happened to him, is he's like, yeah, I come in, he's like, I see the, you know, I, I turn in fine, and then the, He's like, then it kind of blocked my vision, you know, going the rest of the way. And uh, he's like, I just wanted to show you that I'm not that hurting coming into the pits. He's like, that there was actually something kind of there. Um, 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. Sounds it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like the lap Ryan had where, where Tebow got back by him third, third. No, wait a second here. Third. So he's in second, 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 second. Yeah, so he has a 45-second lap when he went from second to third. Which, you know, you're, at this point of the race, you're doing a 39 or a 40. So he, he lost quite a bit of time there. But that's kind of what it, and then he ended up getting third overall. So, But it was funny, like, you know, come look at this. So then Dakota. Yeah, Dakota's fast lap. Yeah, let's just go through the through the top five mm-hmm. here. So Rona Falk's fast lap, 39-3. His top ten laps, 39-7, which is good. Consistency 96.1. So even him, uh, this is for 45 minutes, 96.1 consistency is pretty good. Um so 39.3 hot lap, 39.8. Then you go to Jared. 39.2 hot lap, 39.5 top 10. So technically, Jared actually had a little faster laps there. Mayfield was 39.5 fast lap, 39.7 top 10, which was actually comparable with the top two. Dakota's fast lap was a 38.8. And and his top 10 was 39.3. So Dakota's top 10 average was the same as David's fast lap. But you go to the consistency here. Mm -hmm. We'll look at that. So we got the fourth. Let's go to fifth just to kind of round out our top five. So Angaro's fast lap, 39.2, and his top 10 was 39.8. So a tick off. Uh, but, but in general, the top five guys, their average top 10, which I think is a pretty good screenshot of what you're capable of, top 10. Your 10 fastest laps out of, <clears throat> you know, your 10 best laps out of 60-plus laps. It's a pretty good snapshot. So we'll go to consistency. So we got David was a 96.1, which was really good. Uh, Tebow, here's a 95.6. So right there you can see his consistency is down. Here's Mayfield's consistency, 94.5. So that is another tick down. And Dakota, let's see where this drop is, 94.4. Then you got Angaro was a 95.8 consistency. That's interesting. Adam Drake, 95% consistency. And then here's Ty Tessman, 7th. He's uh, 95. Yao, Figueredo, 9. So there's the big drop-off. From 7th to 8th went from between 1st place at a 96% consistency rate, which was David, to Ty Tessman in seventh, which was a 95% consistency rate. So between those, between the top seven, they're all fairly, <clears throat> consist- fairly consistent. 
Then you go to Yao, which that was a big drop, 3% lower. Then Tanner Denny. And Spencer was a 93. Brofalo, 85, which he flamed out, so that's mm. why his was so low. Seth Van Dalen, 91. Cavalry, 91. So you can see how, how that consistency hurts. Just to kind of compare here. So we got a 96% average um, for Buggy. Let's see what Mayfield was in Truggy. My guess is, is is it's a little bit higher. Truggy is a little easier. Easier to drive, I guess, on that kind of track. Let's check this out. 1.13 a.m. it finished, it says. Oh, so he finished with a 96.4 consistency in Truggy. Truggy was faster on this track, too, of course, because of the bumps. <clears throat> Dakota was 96.2. Ungaro, 95. So in general, some similar consistency rates here. And where are you getting those numbers, bro? <clears throat> Live RC. Oh, they have, they break it down. Wow, they go deep, yes. huh? Oh yeah, it's there's a lot of good information here. I mean, if you just look at the first screen, you got fast. Well, you got the, you know, let's say fastest lap, average lap, average top five, average top ten, average top fifteen, top three consecutive, standard deviation, and inconsistency. So on one bar, you can see all those. Uh, all those numbers, which is really cool. I mean, it really gives people an idea of where I lost, right? <clears throat> it's like, all right, well, what did me in? Well, right here, 50% con- consistency rate. That's what you did. Go. <laughs> uh, it's not going to get it done. No, 50%. It's pretty, I mean, when you go to, and, and this is, we're talking 96 percent and saying that this is accurate you know assuming this is accurate we're talking about an eight scale buggy race on some of the most demanding conditions bumpy circuit mm-hmm. real real bumpy 96 um, percent so we'll go you know as a comparison here the guy that won intermediate pro nitro buggy. Now, so this is a, a jump down in, in speed. We, th- we just said that Rana Falk's fastest lap was 39.3 in the pro main. The guy that won intermediate, his fastest lap was 41. So Rana Falk, you know, Rana Falk was uh, two seconds, two seconds faster on his fast lap than the guy that won this class. And he was more consistent. Like going to third place, third place in this class, they were already at a 91% consistency rate. Which to get to 91 in the pro main, we had to go all the way past eighth place. So you can see the consistency of the, the pro drivers, not to mention they're over a second, if not two seconds, a lap faster. So to take this another step, we can go to the sportsman main. That was just intermediate. Sportsman, their fastest lap for the winner was 43 seconds and a 92% consistency rate. So they're another two seconds a lap slower than intermediate. 
and 3% off on consistency. So now compared to a pro to a sportsman lap time is a five seconds a lap, four seconds, almost five seconds a lap. So let's call it four. And going to second place in the sportsman, it is a legit five seconds a lap. Quite a bit. I'm still trying to find this. <laughs> Actually, well, what you got to do, what you got to do is you go to live RC, you go to live RC. It, it, there's like just a ton of, it's kind of a ton of BS to get to this. <laughs> I, I'm always kind of on, I'm always kind of on Brandon's ass how hard this is to get to. But yeah. so you go to liverc.com, then there's a tab on the header that says live, oh, right? Yep, I got that. You click on live. Then you go into, it says track list at the top, right? Okay. Click in the search box, just type nitro. And then uh, the very first event is Dirt Nitro Challenge, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first event. So you scroll down a little bit to Race 52, 18th Pro Nitro Buggy A Main. Oh, okay. And you click on that, and then there's your stats. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon, we need to make this a little easier for guys like me. I'm sure everybody else. I, I would I would say, <laughs> I mean, you know, probably in his defense, he'd probably tell you that there's an easier way to get there, but um, this sure. is the this is the way I always do it. So, <laughs> and it's like I'm probably like two extra steps, but this is the way I always know how to do it. <clears throat> need an app? Need an app? Live RC app? Come on, Brandon. I think he I think he does actually. I think there is an app. Or if you just what? type mo- on your phone, if you type mobile dot live RC. Yeah, I know. I don't like doing that though. That one, that one goes right. To I just want a little app in the corner where I could just click on that and get notifications on that app and stuff like that. Let's see. So you say there is one now? Um, or you're not certain? Let's type it in and find out. I think there is an app. I, I don't. I don't ever use it because I just type it in. I just type mobile I don't see an app, but in the app store, <laughs> unless it's on iPhone only. You're not on iPhone anymore. No, sir. Note 9, baby. And you, you, you changed phones more than, <laughs> you know, pick something. I had to go back to my Note series because I, I love using the pen all the time. So. You're a pen guy, man. I am. I am. Love that pen. Love it. Yeah, I don't see an app here, but uh, okay. Um, yeah, I have it all in front of me here. This is pretty cool. Break down a lot of stuff so I can click on, uh, yeah, here we go. View laps under like... Uh, Mayfield here. Yep. There we go. All these, man. Yeah, so it shows you all of his lap times from the beginning of the race to the end. Standard deviation. Yep. Consistency. Wow. That's cool. That's these cool. numbers are pretty useful for uh, Mayfield, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we look at these after every race and kind of see where you're at. I got a little lap chart. Mm-hmm. You know what's mm-hmm. funny is Dakota comes off the driver's stand in Truggy. Now, this will tell you how smart these drivers are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, he, you know, I go up to him, kind of do the same thing we are talking about earlier, give him the high five or whatever. High five. And he's like, he's just like, he's like, you know, he's like, I thought I ran a pretty good race. He's like, I didn't think I was as fast as Mayfield. He's like, but I thought I was a little more consistent. And that's what was kind of keeping me up front for so long. Jeez. And I was like, did somebody tell you that? Like over the headset? He's like, no, that's just kind of what it felt like. And I was like, well, 
if you look at the lap times, that's exactly what the lap times say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. Like it, it it's a hundred percent true. Like if you look at the lap times, uh, Mayfield was a little bit faster individual lap and uh, Dakota really put up, I think up until the end, he was definitely the more consistent. That uh, was kind of interesting. Well, that's some uh, great info there. Yeah. And you know, some of these numbers, uh, I mean, they tell the story. I mean, if you're racing, uh, the only thing it doesn't truly tell the story for is typically the leader of any race can be a little bit uh, less aggressive. So I would tend to think that there are times where if you're checked out, the leader's checked out, like in Runafolk's case, in Buggy where he had a big lead, a little. some of his numbers are probably a touch slower than they could be because he doesn't have to push it. Yeah. But that might be helping his consistency too. So I think usually what happens when the track is uh, bumpy or tough to be consistent on, if you can get a lead and you get a gap to the point where the other guy has to push too hard, your gap just grows because you just can't put, you can put down a few faster laps but over the long haul, you, it's hard to make up that big of a deficit without making that other major mistake. So that the guy, the guy controlling the race, which is the leader, that's where he or uh, the the driver has the ultimate control because he can kind of listen for where that other guy's gap is, and you can say, "All right, well, I got a twelve second lead here that I'm working with," and. Um, I don't have to go for it, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't have to do my very fast lap every time. I just have to be, I just have to be good and somewhat solid. And, and then what happens is the guy has to push in second. And then all of a sudden you see that if that, if that gap goes to 15 seconds, then you're going, all right, I got him. You know, he can't, he can't make that up uh, without me just completely blowing it three times. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of strategy <clears throat> Strategy goes into play. Now, you start to make the track where it's uh, more consistent, where you can do the same laps over and over again, pushing uh, very hard. Now, you can catch you could catch somebody, I think, a little easier. Because, you know, that, that, that big mistake isn't quite haunting you near as much man i'm on something pretty interesting did you see this thing on here on live rc the industry analytics yeah they're using yeah, we, can talk they're, about, we can talk about a little bit that too they're using their lifetime scoring to get some stats here from yeah. february 19th through february 25th and they give you active tracks unique racers total entries wow this is interesting Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something they just started kind of downloading, I think. This is really useful information. It is. Uh, it gives you sort of some, it gives you some trend, some trending. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, some people have a gut feeling about these things. 
Um, and other people, you know, look at these numbers, but, uh, damn on road. I, I think there, there is a couple so. things here too, that you got to consider is, and <clears throat> of course, what I'm trying to say, <clears throat> well, it depends if, if the tracks have live RC. Correct. That was what I was trying to say. <laughs> was was if if you have if you lifetime have, scoring, yeah. If you have more racing that where none of this, you know, you're not using this, then it's not being counted for. But yeah, this is good. I mean, it, it gives you sort of a. It's pretty cool. Um, it gives you an, an idea of what's going on. But if you look at this very this very top thing, entries by category, it shows you that f- over half. Is ten scale off road, right? Fifty three point three. Yeah, over half of all the racing is ten scale off road, and then red is eight scale off road, which is ten percent, um, ten point five percent. But this is another mm-hmm. situation for nitro where there's more outdoor tracks, and I I would say that in general. This is where the number what was probably hurting the most for nitro because you know outdoor tracks might be in, you know further out in the woods and they don't have live time or no internet right so they might not be wired in with internet so I would say that in general of all these numbers I would say the eight scale one probably is the least accurate and I'd say the ten scale is on road is probably the most accurate because they probably almost all the tracks are probably well a large percentage are probably this 10 scale off road that's probably you know pretty accurate pretty close, yeah. but you go but you go here dirt oval 10 10.7% but look at here if you're going to put any weight at all behind these numbers Nitro eight scale off road is ten point five percent and dirt oval ten point seven. You know what I mean? So according to this, dirt oval is just as popular as nitro eight scale. That's a big number. This was from the nineteenth through so, the twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. So we had one thousand three hundred and one entries in dirt oval and one thousand two seventy six. <clears throat> nitro and 6,510 scale off-road and like as we were talking about earlier uh, you know looking around the pits right so um, and this this goes hand in hand so you go around the pits and in, in, uh, at the nitro challenge and there's 10 different manufacturers fighting for 10.5% of the racers wow so, um, and then you think about another way is you got, say you got 53% of the racers are running 10 scale off-road buggy and which is the most popular, popular category. Um, and you think about, uh, what's the most popular two wheel buggy, probably the associated, um, that's the number that they're seeing right they're seeing 
our most popular vehicle in the most popular category is great because um, that that's, yields us the most amount of numbers. You know, on-road electric being 12.6%, I would say that um, I'm not surprised, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was a time like in the late 90s, early 2000s, where I bet you that was almost as high as the 10 scale off-road. Yep. That category was rocking so hard back then. If you think it, they were at 50 at one time and now they're 12, that's a pretty big decrease. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at one at one time that this 10 scale off road was like 30 something and like on road was like 30 something. <clears throat> Even oval back then was way bigger. Now it's at 8.9. Yeah. Dirt oval bigger than paved oval. Most popular oval category, modified sprint. Most popular uh, 10 scale um, most popular uh, class in two-wheel off-road, stock buggy. What's weird here is there's... Oh, that's two-wheel modified truck. Two-wheel modified What's other? Uh, let's see. Maybe that's like a combination of every other little, you know... <clears throat> maybe somebody races minis or they race like... Uh, you know the the truck class four four wheel drive truck or something that okay. so it's like anything else you can think of which is kind of a big number here uh, in this situation is it's a big number i don't know what this other actually means because like you go up into the oval category it's not it's the large it's 907 so it's like it's a little varies quite a bit like in the on-road category here, you go down to other. Maybe it has to do with some some racing that's done that isn't labeled or something. Novice classes, maybe. Because look at maybe. off-road nitro A-scale other, too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Analytics. Mm-hmm. I know Belichick does not like analytics, so... Well, there's right, the people. There's the people that say that, you know. There's the what is it like in baseball? There's the old school guys, and then there's the people that just want to look at the numbers. They yeah. want to build the build the team by the numbers. That's what the Cleveland team. Browns do. They're strictly analytics. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a feel, right? There's um, what the what the numbers. Um, so there's some things the numbers can't tell you. You know, there's there's a feel, but. I'm sure that people can't measure heart. (laughs) Yeah, sir. But the car doesn't have a heart, right? Oh, I'm Um, not the driver. Oh, yeah. Well, if this was for drivers, I don't see no passion percentage here. Yeah. Consistency, but no passion. See up here, associated electric since 1965. That's a pretty big number. Anyway. No, but this is the stuff that leads to everything. So it is it is cool and important. It's good to have that info. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so that takes us through that <clears throat> main 
What do we got coming up? Let's look at the race calendar. Who'd you send out to Motorama? Uh, Fred and AJ were there. That was another good event. That's what I heard. Uh, Dirt Oval was big, uh, 260 entries for the second year. Um, they've only had it two years. Uh, they had 260, which was pretty much a max turnout there. Uh, I think they were trying to limit it at about 250. So I think the eight scale side went well. Uh, we had some good results. Cole Tollard won E Buggy and E Truggy. So uh, kind of swept the two major classes there. And then on the dirt oval side, uh, uh, Justin Draymeyer won sprint and then Max won late model. And I think he won um, Midwest too, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> you know, who did well too is uh, AJ. He went up and he took our, our uh, my older car that we'd been using at a couple of events and he tur he turned that thing into a great into a great race for himself he i think he qualified in the d main but he bumped all the way up he into the a main he won the d main damn either it was the d or the c i can't remember but yeah, either way he yeah, he, he won he won the mains all the way up to the A, and then I think he got sixth in the A. Um, so he had a great race. Yeah. So they were using our control tire there, the the sprinters <clears throat> on all the vehicles, uh, the buggies, uh, the sprint. I mean the sprint cars, the late models, uh, Midwest, and then the any of the short course type classes were using our tire as well so it's a great race for uh for uh, us to have our our tire out there and did really well where they do the oval race at in motorama at in the small arena uh i honestly don't know i, I, I i'm not 100 percent sure where it was just because they got rid of the uh 10 scale track right yeah they didn't run 10 scale this year and uh they used to always have that oval race at bumps and jumps the same time as motorama so i guess they moved it over there now okay yeah february freeze i think they called it okay i don't know what they call this one but yeah i think they were calling this like the northeast championship or something hold on a second i'll be right back okay sir okay so we were going over that uh, event schedule another thing we did while we were at Nitro Challenges, Rich went to the Ultimate Scale Truck Expo. Oh. So that was a big a big event, huge, uh, for scale trucks. And um, we debuted a couple new items out there at that event, a couple new tires for uh, scale uh, crawler trucks. <clears throat> Got a few things we didn't quite get finished in time to bring over there, but... They're really close behind that. And uh, so Rich went there. He made a video. That's up. Got a lot of good photos. Uh, this, the scenery just looks amazing. The, the event keeps landing on Nitro Challenge, so I haven't been able to get to it. But the scenery, I'll send a couple photos that you can use. But it looks, looks great. <clears throat> then this weekend... Got the Super Cup, 
That's all the way down in uh, South Florida at Mills Pond. So long drive, good track. Then we got, which is next week, the Desert Classic in uh, Arizona. <clears throat> so we're going to have a good crew there. Spencer will be running, Mayfield, Dakota, um, you know, a lot of other uh, a lot of other our team guys. So excited about seeing how that kind of unfolds. Uh, and we got Monster RC Monster Cross. That's an event Fred's been going to the last several years where they kind of race monster trucks, RC monster trucks, but in sort of a traditional off-road. Where's this so, at? <laughs> actually. See, Mayfield went with the all-white body on the truggy. Yeah, night night paint jobs. Yep. Trafford, Pennsylvania. Must be out west. I, the places I never hear of in Pennsylvania is out west. Yeah, that must be it then. Trafford, Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah. It is 191 miles away from me. And it there is... West. West. Near Pittsburgh. Yep. Kind of figured... Near all your, it's right near all your favorite sports teams. Yeah, right. So guess what? Hmm. I will not be going to this. <laughs> <laughs> all right then. Thanks for your dedication, sir. <clears throat> no problem. Let's see. <clears throat> driving so out the that, driving out the Puxatani for three hours. That that was enough for me. That was a three hour drive. Uh, two forty five. But yeah. Okay. All right. Mm hmm. Gotcha. I, I did a whole podcast on it. It's up. You did? Yep. Hmm. Posted it two days ago. Damn. I feel so, left out. So if any listeners out there are thinking about going to Groundhog Day. Check I, out your podcast. Yeah. And then decide from there. <laughs> I did get sick right after. So. Ugh. But that's what you guys normally you guys you guys go to these races and normally get sick afterwards, right? I mean, uh, I I know going to Motorama there was some kind of illness, you know, afterwards, and so it's it's it is pretty common. <clears throat> Man, I just got over mine. I think uh, I started feeling better on Sunday. Okay, so it was like two weeks. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, I had one once when I went. We went to. Uh, to visit Hobby Co. I had a cold once and you know, it's just there, you know, we were there and it's all the, the, the big wigs from Hobby Co. You're meeting with. And I got the worst cold. <laughs> you're sneezing over like, everybody and coughing. Well, just, you know, it was just one of those where it's, it got to the point where you're, you're so stuffed up that it's like, what, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that noise is, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, I was just like, gosh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> They're like, man, that Jason dude. One weird cat. He's got something wrong with him. <laughs> You're coughing into your hand and shaking hands. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, uh, 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 oh. hey, bud. Hey, we did have a question come in, and it was on the—I don't have it in front of me, but it was on the line of the coronavirus. How does it affect in your business as far as dealing with China and stuff? Uh, yeah, it, it does affect it a little bit. You know, we've had some vendors <clears throat> and employees not quite back yet uh, into 
But so far, not it hasn't hurt us yet. Hasn't delayed any shipments or anything? No. Good. Good to hear. You know, not to say that it still can't, but um, hopefully they're hopefully they're getting a kind of a handle on that. Yeah. So we, those are the events we got coming up uh, after after Monster Cross is the Western Carpet Nationals, which is at seven o two in Vegas. That's our kind of our kickoff race for the indoor uh, series we do on carpet. So mm-hmm. we kicked off the dirt one. Uh, we just talked about that INS ten. At, uh, in Missouri, and then this is our kickoff for the carpet. So yeah, this one should be stacked too. So that's kind of like that's really the next month's worth of events going. So, and then you know, just the normal, we got to do work in between too. So, oh, what a shame! <clears throat> people think you do this stuff, and it's just like, yeah, you just go to race and have fun. Yeah, all you do is go to these big races and race. That's just that's just a small portion of it. All right, so it's uh, February twenty seventh. So what do we got coming out? Any new products shipping out this week or in the near uh, yeah. future? Yeah, like the stuff that we've shipped recently. To we just released a new scale wheel today, which was the Colt. The Colt 1.9 inch beadlock wheel. That uh, we've been showing that for a while on different builds and stuff. That's been pretty popular. And then uh, the Hotties tire. Uh, we've had that out for a while, but now we have a belted version. Mm. That's gonna be um, that's gonna be a good one. This is available now, right? Yep, Hotties mm-hmm. belted. Those are available now. We got the Cheetah 83 millimeter speed run wheels. Which um, doesn't seem like a big deal now, but when we have the tires that match, that come pre-mounted, that will, I think will be a big, a big addition to the lineup. Nineteen ninety-three Ford F two fifty monster truck body. Yeah, that was right before that. That was a good one. <clears throat> before that, the Tactic race wheels for uh, street eliminator racing, big drag racing. You know, drag racing's been doing so well. Badger, the new Badger V2 body was before that for the Slash. Wow, look at this thing. (laughs) Sand rail for the Slash two-wheel drive and Slash 4x4 body. Wow. T3 authentic body. Look at that thing. That brings back memories, bro. Yeah, we re-released some of these associated bodies. I, I love that truck. Wow. Memories. Memories. Well, right, good. Good stuff. All right. Well, that was episode 204. Cruising along here. Yeah. Four. Four down the new <clears throat> rabbit hole. I don't count the ones I do in between. So. Because you, you, you did one with Kirby about something, and then you did one on. Uh, it was a pre Super Bowl, but then unfortunately the whole Kobe Bryant thing happened too. Oh yeah, and then you did you did an episode on that. Yep, did two episodes on that actually. Did a follow up. Wow. And then also did the uh, Groundhog Day episode. Okay. You can uh, 
go listen to that and hear my journey to Puxatani PA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does I mean, I would have never even heard of that if it wasn't for the movie. And that's why I said, ever since I saw the movie in 93, I wanted to go to it and just kept putting it off and off. And finally, I'm like, you know what? We're going to go do it. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a one-time thing. That's it. Once you do it, there's no reason to go back again. It's not saying it's bad. It's just like, what, why would, you know, just cross off your list and that's it. You're done. Yeah. So. All right, Jason, you got anything else you want to add to episode 204? Oh, you know, we should probably give away some of those prizes. Oh, what did you bring from? Uh, you brought some stuff back from uh, DNC? Yeah. Two, two autographed Mayfield bodies. We got all three of his awards and a prototype wing. Oh, good Lord. So we got a lot of stuff. Yeah. It is the end of the month, so I could give stuff away. There you go. Let's do it. All right, let me pull up my wheel here make sure I have everybody's name in here. See if I got any new patrons, first of all. I got to check that first. No, actually, yes, I need to add two more people to the wheel. Let's do it. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for uh, supporting the show. Appreciate that. Okay, let me just add these two. Okay. Yeah, so what we have is we have Mayfield's. um, It's actually his body he raced last year in Truggy. Uh, at the Nitro Challenge and the Silver State, he ran the same uh, body <clears throat> with the white paint job for the Truggy. That's his night body. He ran that at both of those races. So that's actually a winning body from last year. Mm. And then uh, he autographed it for us. And then the buggy body, um, he ran that one. I just saw the, what was the number on it? I don't think it was winning, a winning one. I'd have to I'd have to look at it. <clears throat> I gotta look at it again. All right, I think I'm ready. So uh, give me a prize to give away. All right, let's first do. Okay, well, I'm trying to determine what. Oh wow, the dirt number two. Oh, he ran this. He ran this body at the buggy land. The e buggy body he ran at the buggy land race. That was the end of 2019. And then a prototype J Concepts F2I wing. And then there's three, a first, a second, and a third place trophy. So let's give away, let's just give away the third place first. Let's just, we'll go, I think, from backwards to forwards here. All right. So we're giving away the third place 2020 Nitro Challenge Award. All right, here we go. I'll spin the wheel. I got all the names added. And different tier levels. I have your name added more than once. There we go. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the sound effect here, but I don't think it's. Uh, let me turn the volume up on my laptop, see if it comes through here. No. All right, here we go. Spin, spin. Right. Uh, the tent. That's what I have down for name in here. Uh, you are the winner of the third place Ryan Mayfield trophy, you said? That's right. All right. I will contact the tent. All right. What else you got? Second place trophy. All right. And it's spinning. Chris Cherwin wins the second place trophy. 
Yep, Mayfield, second place, E-Buggy from Nitro Challenge. Chris Cherwin, congratulations, bro. Thanks for the support. All right, so what else we got? <clears throat> first place trophy. First place in Truggy. All right. Nate Snyder. Nate Snyder wins the first place trophy. Good job, awesome. Nate. All right, what's next? Next is, let's go to the uh, prototype wing. Okay, prototype wing. Here we go. Spinning, 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 spinning. Drew Spurgeon. Drew Spurgeon. Okay, cool. <clears throat> Congratulations, Drew. And... Um, I will email you guys through the... Uh, There's still more stuff, too. Yeah, through Patreon. <laughs> whatever uh, whatever email you use for Patreon, I will message you through there, and you can just uh, hook me up with your address, shipping address. That'd be great. And then when you get the prizes, take photos, please. Take photos with you in them. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's... That's, that's the like goal. Those. Yeah, yes. I like when you guys are in them. That way it proves that uh, I gave this stuff away. <laughs> I get photos of the prizes, but uh, I could do that. You know what I mean? But if you're in there, it's better that way. Okay, so now we're going to move into the, the next the next two, right? Mm -hmm. Got two more prizes, and that's it. Okay. Yeah, so the e-buggy body. We'll go with the e-buggy body. That'll be the next one. That's uh, Mayfield <clears throat> ran that at the Buggy Land event. And spin the wheel. Oh, man. Justin Juvert. Justin Juvert. You guys have been battling hard with him over uh, over the Super Bowl. <laughs> I guess we kind of owe him something. Yeah. Because <laughs> he got eliminated in the, in, the, uh, in the playoffs there. So Baltimore was supposed to win it, but didn't quite make it there. Justin was talking trash during the year because uh, it looked like the Ravens were going to win it, but <laughs> gone. All right. Well, Justin Jubert, thanks for the support, buddy. He won. What would Justin win again? Hey, uh, Mayfield, uh, eight scale e-buggy body. All right. Then the, the, I would say the top prize is the Truggy body because it's a two time, uh, two time, two time, two time. <laughs> it's a winning body so well it's, it's, it is a winning body I don't, I, maybe it's not two time but it is a winning body <clears throat> alright here we go Andrew Morin alright he wins Moore. the big prize wins it thank you everybody for supporting the show over at patreon.com slash radio one pound all right, that was it. Awesome prizes to give away there. Again, please, guys, take photos with the prizes, not just yeah, of the prizes. That really helps. Yeah, and then I'll post them on Facebook if you send them over in Messenger for me or whatever, and uh, that'd be great. So, episode 204 in the books, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Everybody, uh, if you guys are racing out there, Kick some ass, right? Make sure yeah, I, make sure you're running J Concept stuff. 
Yeah, those are kind of the two things that kind of go hand. Yeah. They go hand in hand, you know. Right. If you want to win, you need to have the tires, right? So and the uh, bodies and accessories there, J-Concepts. Yeah, if you got one of those two things, yeah. you're going to kick ass. <laughs> and if you need some help, those guys will always help you out the track. So customer support, that's what they're all about over there at uh, Team J-Concepts. Team Rona, I like to say. Team Rona, huh? Yeah. All right, guys. Safe travels out there. Be safe. Got that virus floating around out there. I just got over mine. Jason was sick too last a couple oh, weeks ago. Yeah. Same time. And we oh, did I I, <clears throat> I I was sick since after Motorama and Motorama? I'm sorry. Um Chili Bowl. That's right, Chili Bowl. You got the Chili uh, Bowl virus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What was funny is somebody at the Chili Bowl actually told me, I want to say somebody was like insinuating that, oh, that's what it was. I was up watching the race with Scotty, and I think I had a little cough or something, and the guy goes, oh. <laughs> he goes, you got me uh, coughing again. <laughs> I he goes, uh, mm-hmm. he's like. Oh, he goes, I know that cough. That's the chili, that's the chili bowl flu coming on. Oh, did he really say chili he bowl? He said that. <laughs> and I was like, ah, you know, that's, nah, there's nothing. You know, that's not true. And that was the night that I ended up getting the flu. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I had, you know, turned into where I had that cough forever. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it turned into a mess. Yeah, it was an absolute mess. I, I mentioned, uh, well, you know, I went down to urgent care even, so. Yeah, I mean, you, you said, I hate doing this, but I got to do it. Yep. Felt like you were going to die or something. <laughs> yeah, I was telling you in the chat, I'm like, I think this is it, guys, for real. Yeah. <laughs> I was in real bad shape, and the fever was unreal. But, um, yeah. Because we were talking about those memes that are out there that when you <laughs> when you get to be a certain age and something starts hurting and you're like, oh, this is it. This is how I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. A little, you know, my elbow hurts. Oh, man. This is it. Elbow this is cancer. How I'm gonna go. This, is, <laughs> this is how I'm going to go. <laughs> That's uh, what I thought was happening. Whew, man. Brutal. But I got through it. So feeling 100% better. Well, it's that uh, Mamba mentality. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I think it came from Puxatani. It's Puxatani virus I got. That's what happened. Yeah. I talked about it on the pod. Well, I got got the chili bowl flu and you got the Puxatani virus. (laughs) You know what? I will say that yours sounds more serious, though. Like just going by a, you know, going by names. That's true. Puxatani. You just said, if you go, Mandy. God, he's got the Puxatani. <laughs> you know, we would, everybody would just be like, oh, man, I hope he's OK. <laughs> if I said if I said I got the chili bowl flu, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I've had that before. That goes over in a day or two. That does Puxatani sound like that's, that's, Puxatani virus. Yeah, that sounds worse than the coronavirus. Oh, Maybe that's man. the name for this podcast, the Puxatani Virus. <laughs> Either that or the uh, um, R.I.P. Analytics or something like that. <laughs> oh man! All right, on that note, we are out of here. <laughs> Puxatani, stay away from Puxatani. Yeah.
virus over there. 